They had themselves a party at the Palace over the weekend, and what a party it was. A party that will lead to uh, what looks to be a historic recruiting class for the University of Oklahoma. Brent Venables, he hasn't even coached an official game yet. This staff hasn't even coached an official game yet, yet they are building a top five recruiting class. I know they dropped to number seven over the weekend, fell a spot behind Clemson, but if you know what's happening behind the scenes, you know that number is going way up. You can put a big arrow, like three arrows in front of seven. Oklahoma's moving up more than the Jeffersons. They are taking the escalator, and they're not stopping. It might it might end up on the penthouse floor. They might be right there by the time it's all said and done. Unbelievable weekend for OU in recruiting. Uh, you saw J.R. Sandlin. You saw others. Five locks are out there. And uh, it looks really, really good right now for the University of Oklahoma. You need to be fired up. Parker Thune. This weekend, like I said, you may look back and say, uh, and Oklahoma had been recruiting very well. They've been the hottest team in the country and on the national recruiting scene. The month of July, you talk about fireworks, man. They, they started even before July, and they're still detonating everywhere. I mean, it's like OU bought a two-month supply of fireworks, and they haven't even shot them all off yet, right? Incredible. To say that the Sooners are white hot right now, on the recruiting trail is arguably an understatement. There's probably no program in the country over the span of the last five, six weeks that is recruiting as well as Oklahoma. And let me tell you, the next guy on deck with a big decision looming is the four-star edge rusher from Austin Westlake High School, Colton Vosick, who's going to be deciding Three o'clock. between Oklahoma, Texas, Oregon, Texas Tech, and Clemson. Mike... The expectation is that the Sooners are going to land his commitment. Mm-hmm. If they land Colton Vosick's commitment. Longhorn legacy. His dad played football at Texas. If they land Colton Vosick's commitment, throw Miguel Chavis a freaking parade. Because that man does not miss. Hey, I am already, I'm, I'm a, I want to be the chairman of the parade, man. Miguel Chavis has knocked it out of the park. And it uh, looks like Todd Bates should, could be rounding the bases with a big celebration pretty soon. And I think there was a big celebration that probably began Friday evening. But wait and see. Wait and see. I'm just going to ask you how you feel about certain players at this point, all right? Because okay. these commitments we think are going to be happening down the road. How confident do you feel that Oklahoma is going to land one of the top 10 players in this class in DJ Hicks? Very confident. Very that's, confident. That's Tommy Oklahoma. Harris. That's Gerald McCoy, potentially. Precisely. Right there. That, Precisely. That is the kind of defensive lineman who goes to a Bama, who goes you know, to a Clemson when Brent and Todd Bates were there. That is a game-changing player for Oklahoma. I don't throw around the generational talent label often. I think the only other kid I've ever done it with is probably Caleb Williams, and I believe he's that good. Uh, But David Hicks truly is a generational talent and has the opportunity to be a transformative 
win on the recruiting trail, to represent a transformative victory in the world of recruiting for Brent Venables and this Oklahoma staff. Because if they get DJ Hicks and he is the capstone to this class, the Sooners are already way ahead of schedule. There would be when a it second, comes to this new staff second five star yes. in this class with Jackson they're, Arnold. So they're already way ahead of schedule. I think they have the opportunity to have three five stars when it's all said and done if they get DJ Hicks and if PJ Adabare continues to rise as meteorically as he has over the last few months. If you lock down DJ Hicks, given that you are already well ahead of schedule when it comes to recruiting at an elite level, oh boy, Mike. You can't help but salivate at that point over just how good the haul might be for Oklahoma in 2024 and 2025 if this class turns out to be a top five or even a top three class in 2023. And it's it's a definite possibility. I would say top five, somewhere between three and five, looks really good right now for Oklahoma. Number one is not out of the realm of possibility either. And again, you see the Sooners drop over the weekend, but if you know what's happening – uh, these players at Oklahoma Fields really, and underline that about three times good about, that were in this weekend, one will be committing today at 3 o'clock, which is going to move the Sooners back up to number six in the national rankings. How do you feel about Makari Vickers? Very good. How do you feel about Jacoby Johnson? Very, very good. Uh, wide receiver Anthony Evans? I feel great about him. So let's say those guys are added to this class right now. Okay. Where would Oklahoma be if you do the calculator? And if you add those guys, as a lot of people feel really good about and think that is going to come to fruition pretty soon, where does Oklahoma stand? Well, if those four guys, in addition to Colton Vosick, were to commit today to number Oklahoma, one. you have the number one class. Sure. Obviously, other other schools are going to end up getting good players. Richard Young committed to uh, Alabama this weekend. They got another five. Who's the other five star that committed to Bama over the weekend? Was it a corner? Was there? uh, No, no. I I know Richard Young was one of them. Did they get another commit over the weekend? I thought they did, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was Caleb Downs. Maybe it was Caleb Downs that I'm thinking of, which happened late or middle of last week. I think I think Bama's on the verge of flipping Notre Dame's prized commit, five-star edge rusher Keon Keeley, so we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, I, I never figured that Marcus Freeman would be the guy to struggle to keep classes together at Notre Dame, but here we are. You've got to have a Johnny Gigolo policy. You know, here's the deal. If Oklahoma has a class that's in the top five, which basically looks like a certainty at this point. Which is wild to say because I would not have said that as recently as a week ago. Yeah. and I mean, we were thinking, yeah, somewhere between six and ten. Six would be a good ceiling. DJ Hicks' situation changes everything. And uh, let's talk about two other prospects and uh, likelihood that they are headed to Oklahoma. How about Jordan Renaud? I dropped a crystal ball yesterday in favor of Oklahoma for Jordan Renaud. That's been an OU Alabama battle for a long, long, long time. But the Sooners really seized the bull by the horns when they hosted him on his unofficial visit at the party in the Palace. I think it's going to be very difficult for them not to end up landing that kid because at this point I I don't see how the OU staff lets him get back to Tuscaloosa at well, some point. Yeah. Ryan Yates. Brian Yates, I mean, if you're talking about between him and Peyton Bowen, the two De- Denton Geyer defensive backs, 
I think it's a virtual certainty that Peyton Bowen flips. I just don't know whether that's to Oklahoma or Texas A&M at this point. If you're asking me which of those guy or defensive backs I feel better about right now in terms of Oklahoma's ability to flip them, the answer for me overwhelmingly is Ryan Yates. I do think he is a Sooner in the end. Not that Oklahoma wouldn't love to have Peyton Bowen, but let's say he does flip from Notre Dame and ends up in College Station. And if Oklahoma is getting all these kids that we think they're going to get, that we think is almost a certainty at this point, then Peyton Bowling not flipping to Oklahoma is not going to be – it's going to be a little ripple in the, in, the, in the pond. Yeah, I mean, look, at this point in time, if Oklahoma is able to finish out this class the way I expect them to finish it, with the likes of Makari Vickers, Jacoby Johnson, Jordan Renaud, Anthony Evans, et cetera, Peyton Bowen's gravy at that point. If you get him, great. If not, okay. You tried. You made a good run. You can't win them all. But dang it, if this Sooner staff hasn't come real close to winning them all, they are on a heater. They are right now. Yeah. Jay and Tulsa, the five locks represented over the weekend. What is the time frame on each alleged commitment? I'm going to plead the fifth on that one, Jay, because if I said anything, people would read between the lines and they'd start to see who the five locks are. So uh, not going to answer that question up front and directly. A couple more from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Hypothetically, if Hicks committed, would there be a possibility of him announcing earlier to start publicly recruiting and be one of the faces of this class? Once again, hypothetically, Parker. Yes, hypothetically, if DJ Hicks were to commit to Oklahoma, there would be a definite possibility that OU is able to convince him to announce earlier on in the process so that he can then begin to publicly recruit some of the others, uh, well, some of the other priority targets that are left on the board for Oklahoma. The craziest thing to me in all of this, Mike, and look, what the Sooners accomplished over the weekend is crazy in and of itself. But maybe the craziest thing to me out of all of this is that if the Sooners lock up Anthony Evans on August 26th, as I expect will happen, their entire offensive board in the fall, when it comes to recruiting, consists of one player, and it's Malachi Coleman at that point. And then, then you got to go crush Nebraska and close that deal. Exactly. Like, after Anthony Evans commits on the 26th, if that goes in favor of Oklahoma, what happens on September 17th probably dictates the outcome of your, the entire rest of your offensive board at that point because you're good at quarterback, you're good at running back, you'll be good at receiver, you're good on the offensive line, you got one tight end. The only other piece you need on the offensive side of the football at that point is one more tight end. And the Sooners are really hoping that guy is Malachi Coleman. Yeah, it's been unbelievable. It was uh, it was a big uh, – I, I know people are a little bit frustrated because they see all the locks and they're trying to figure out who it is. I think a lot of people actually do know who those five press prospects are. I, I will say we mentioned names in the first segment. So take it for what it's worth and uh, do your own <laughs> work on that and figure it out. But they were mentioned. Let's talk about DJ Hicks because he was talking about making his decision like in January for a while, right? Yes, and that's still kind of the timeline that they're sticking to. It You do get the sense that things are moving 
very heavily in favor of Oklahoma with DJ Hicks, especially given the fact that he did not get down to Texas A&M for their pool party over the weekend. He was at Oklahoma. He was not at Texas A&M. So that tells you something right there about where this is trending. Okay, so DJ Hicks was never committed to A&M, was he? I know he'd been no, he crystal ball by a lot, you know, by uh, the national guy, right? Correct. He had a crystal ball for Texas A&M. But it was Still ne- does. Because somebody was saying, well, he'd been committed to A&M, too. I mean, wh- how do you uh, know no. anything's going to stick? That I, that was a crystal ball prediction. It was not a commitment. A&M had a decent weekend, though, right? They did have a decent weekend. They got Anthony Hill, mm-hmm. the top linebacker in the country. Can Malachi the- uh, Nelson put an edit out there today and make everybody's day that much brighter, please? Not, not, like, not even just... Not even announce that he's flipping, but just post an edit of him in a Texas A&M jersey to set Twitter aflame. Please, 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 please do it. That would be awesome. All right, so we're underway. Thanks to Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They will do a great job for you. You need some AC work done. 405-579-3113. So much to talk about. The Brent Venables, Johnny Gigolo recruiting stance speech. That he made actually was an answer to a question. Went viral this weekend, even though it's about four months old. We'll talk about that and the reaction. Coming up next, it's the ref, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, here on your Monday on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, welcome back on this Monday, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Home of Sooner Fans, the ref. Sooner fans may be looking back on this class as a historic one for Oklahoma, Brent Venable's uh, first real full-fledged recruiting effort. And, man, it is looking really good. Sooners expected to get a commitment today from Colton Vosick, defensive end from Austin Westlake, his dad, Longhorn Legacy, Brian Vosick. How do you think that commitment ceremony is going to go today? You talk about, you know – having a uh, pair you have a commitment ceremony and you're in austin texas and you announce for oklahoma i can almost promise you colton vosick will not be throwing the horns down <laughs> that probably will not do you think there might actually be a few boos there if it's like in a high school gym or something no, like that i hope not i hope they're not gonna boo a kid for making a decision about his life and his future they but. better not but there are always a couple jerks you know like, there's always a couple jerks on social media there's always a couple jerks in life well they're more than just a couple there are a lot of jerks especially on social media but you know what i'm saying it'll be interesting to see how that goes down um the narrative out of Austin will be, well, you know what? We really, yeah, there were a few other guys out there we like better than Bosick, and you know, yeah, like Tessilia Kana, whose sister plays volleyball at Texas, and is and who is still probably coming to Oklahoma. I mean, so will that be the narrative from the Jeff Ketchums of the world? That uh, you know, yeah, it's, I guess it's a little bit of a loss, but Texas was they were really looking at some other I'm, kids. I'm very curious to see where on the spin zone this one falls for old catch. Did the Longhorns mess this one up? Because you would think, and I saw his uh, picks that he sent out a few weeks ago when he was in Austin. You know, he's a legacy there. And to wind up at Oklahoma, and he's expected to commit today at 3 o'clock, there's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. 
But this is a Buffalo Springfield situation. Yeah, and with Vasek and the relationship there with Texas, from what I understand, there were some things that, how can I phrase it nicely, got lost in translation between the family and the Texas staff. And I guess it wasn't a situation that uh, dad in particular was all that thrilled about, which is kind of astonishing to think, right? It, it, sh- it should be really difficult to get an alumnus of the program disgruntled to that degree. But uh, fr- from what I heard from talking to a couple secondary sources, I guess the vibe there was not the best. And it, it didn't take Texas out of the running for Colton Vosick. As you saw, he was just up in Austin on Wednesday and Thursday. So Texas was still a strong consideration down the stretch. I tell you what, though, you've asked me a week ago where Colton Vosick was headed. I just said, Oregon. The fact that all of a sudden this is now trending towards Oklahoma over the last 72 hours or so is astonishing. And again, you tip your cap to Miguel Chavis because he hasn't missed. Mike, he has not missed. And say what you will about by Job, the Sooners weren't getting by Job. That was I like that would have been the pull of all polls if Miguel Chavez had been able to convince by Job to stick around. That one was just never in the cards. To get a kid like Vasek, who has so many ties to Texas and who was trending so heavily towards Oregon as recently as a week ago, if the Sooners close out on this one, man, I'll say it again, throw Chavis a parade because this is wild what he is what he is accomplishing right now on the recruiting trail. Can uh, can they build? You know they're building so many things over there. They've got the uh, new recovery facility and everything, and I'm sure they'll talk about that because media days tomorrow. You're going to hear from Brent. You're going to hear from uh, Ted Roof. You're going to hear uh, obviously from Jeff Levy and probably some of the other assistant coaches. So media days coming up. But is there any way? Is there a spot on campus where you can build a? Uh, park filled with statues for great recruiters and we'll just put one of miguel chavis up it doesn't even immediately have to, it doesn't even have to be a full-size statue just, just, just like, like a, a garden gnome type thing okay well how about just a plaque like on the ground or a wall a ga- of, garden of the gods something like the that recruiting yeah. gods miguel chavis Start with a miguel chavis gnome that would be cool that would be really cool okay so um again that's expected to happen today at three o'clock with colton vosick uh, making an announcement to Oklahoma. Okay, so, you know, remember all the talk about three-star U and all of that, and the Sooners were down to number 41 in the national rankings, and uh, we kept talking about you primarily saying, be patient, be patient. This is going to pop soon. It's going to happen. July is going to be a big month. July is maybe the, this has been maybe the biggest month of really good recruiting news for Oklahoma ever. I mean, they've had great classes at Oklahoma in the past. But this is going to blow away any class that Muleshoe put together. And Muleshoe adds, you know, some top ten classes, obviously. But this one looks like, you know, one of those that you'll look back and go, man, I knew Brent Venables. I loved that hire. I thought it was going to be really good. And then when you saw that 2023 recruiting class come together, that was the start of something great. Uh, uh, mm, uh, sorry, Mike. I I thought somebody said something about not being able to build a championship roster at the University of Oklahoma. Somebody said that. Am I mistaken? Somebody said that. Yes, absolutely. Um, Jeez. So, to me, 
again, here's here's the issue. Brent has this solid stance, and we'll talk more about his philosophy and you know how that video resurfaced from Tyler McComas over the weekend. Had over a million views and people reacting all over the place. Went way viral. So we'll get into that in the next segment. But let's say you've got DJ Hicks, okay? Looks good for Oklahoma right now. All these guys, Vickers, Johnson, Vosick, Renaud, maybe Ryan Yates, a bunch more four-stars, a five-star, and David DJ Hicks if that happens. Other schools going to keep calling, right? I'm sure other schools will. And we're yes. talking about a retention rate here. You are not going to give up on a kid like DJ Hicks. If DJ Hicks committed to Oklahoma tomorrow, I guarantee there would be programs on the phone with him every single day from now until signing day in February. You do not give up on a kid like that. And it would look like, let's say, if yeah, if that happened with DJ Hicks and he ended up, so of course it depends on where he ends up, but the Sooners, their biggest enemy in that situation Keeping all these commitments, and we talked about it earlier, you think the retention rate's going to be really good because of the way that Brent and his staff approach the recruiting game. I mean, it would be hard to make a call to Brent Venables or Miguel Chavis or any of those guys and say, Coach, I, I know how you feel about commitments and everything, but boom, fill in the blank. That would be a tough call to make. Now, there are going to be calls like that made. I don't think there will be a ton of them made to OU and this staff over the years, but they're going to happen. Kids change their minds. There's NIL money out there, all of that stuff. But, you know, my question is, if you keep recruiting at this level, you know, how many of these great kids are you going to be able to retain long-term? And I think they're going to have a good retention rate. But you know what I'm saying? These are not the three-star kids we're talking about who may turn into four- or five-star players when they get to school at OU. But you catch what I'm saying? It's it's uh, These are the kind of kids that schools are going to keep calling on and keep calling on and keep calling on. And maybe, you know, NIL dollars are out there. You still feel good about this, though, being able to keep the vast majority of this class together? I still feel very good. Yeah. And, I again, I look all across the board right now. I don't see where – there's going to be a decommitment. I, I, especially now that Ashton Cozart has kind of been the guinea pig, right? The guy that messed around and found out mm-hmm. with BV's policy. Probably aren't going to be a whole lot of guys eager to hit the open market. A, with what Oklahoma is doing on the recruiting trail as a whole. I mean, you want to be part of a special class like this, don't you? And if you start to think maybe the grass is greener on the other side, uh, guess what? BV is going to say, be on your merry way. I got somebody else I can go and get. The Sooners have contingency plans for their contingency plans. If Peyton Bowen doesn't end up in Oklahoma, I promise you there will be another blue-chip safety in the mix immediately that Oklahoma will make a strong push for. This staff has covered all of their bases and will continue to do so. Yeah, and it's, uh, again, 3 o'clock today for Colton Vosick's announcement expected to announce for the University of Oklahoma committing to the Sooners. All right, we'll break right here. I do want to talk about the reaction to Brent's video again, which was an old video. It's like all of a sudden, you know, particularly in, in the world of social media, it's like a decade old already. It's three or four months. But some national people got a hold of it. Ari Wasserman, Jack McGuire. People all over the country started talking about it, and there were some people calling Brent a hypocrite. 
We will talk about that when we get back here on The Ref. Is that the uh, new Miguel Chavis theme right there? Pretty much. Yeah, there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back on a Monday. Good to have you with us. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Oklahoma, Nebraska is going to be huge Saturday, September 17th, and you can go there courtesy of our good friends at Riverwind Casino in the Battle of the Big Reds promotion, which is now underway, running through August 14th from August 1st. Through the 14th, you can earn one entry for every five points in your Riverwind wild card, including five times the entries Mondays and Tuesdays, so today and tomorrow. Then be out at Riverwind Sundays, August 7th and 14th. They'll hold two drawings every 30 minutes from noon until 4.30 for $400 in either cash or bonus play. And then at the end of the promotion on that last Sunday, the top five patrons who earn the most points during the promotional period are going to be awarded a trip to the OU Nebraska game valued at $2,400 and $1,000 in cash. That is the Battle of the Big Reds promotion happening as we celebrate uh, Riverwind's birthday month, August. And uh, Riverwind, again, their 16th birthday. And what a birthday gift to you. What kind of gift is that right there? A trip to Oklahoma, Nebraska for five patrons who earn the most points during that uh, time period, August 1st through the 14th, in the Battle of the Big Reds promotion on their wild card. Only from our friends at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right. Um, do you want to get to some text before we talk about the Brent situation? Sure, let's we have go some right people ahead. Waiting already, so let's do that. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Matthew McConaughey may be getting kicked out of games wearing Sooners gear next year if it keeps trending this way. <laughs> I like it. Which three star players that are committed to OU will end up a four star? Right now, I would say Keon Brown will certainly be a four star. Phil Pachotti, I would imagine, will be a four-star as well. Particularly going to IMG. No doubt. And I think there's an outside chance Heath Ozida ends up with a fourth star also. So Here's a good one, that the one that just came in. How hard is the sell for OU for Tasuli Akana now that Vasek is hopping on board at OU? Not that hard, I don't think. This doesn't change a whole heck of a lot in my eyes. Now, obviously, I think when you're looking at the picture – as far as the defensive front's concerned, if Oklahoma closes on Vasek and Renaud, as is my expectation, then Akana's probably the only guy at that point that's still a take, with the exception of DJ Hicks, because you got to be mindful of scholarship numbers at that point in time. But Akana is the type of dude that you will leave the light on for. If he wants to commit, you will make room for him. I don't know if you could say the same for somebody like Marcus Deal, somebody like Edric Hill, even somebody like Caden McDonald, for instance. But if Tassili Akana wants in, he's going to get in. Also keep in mind, Brent Venables is the one who's been recruiting him. There you if go. If there's one guy that you can count on to get his guy, it is to, it is Brent Venables with Tassili Akana. All right, from the 913, Clemson went three years without a decommitment. The system doesn't breed decommitments. Mule shoes did. Yeah, for the most part, I agree with that. And like I said, I'm just throwing it out for like a five star like DJ Hicks. He ends up officially, you know, uh, announcing down the road for Oklahoma. It's a heavy, heavy possibility that right now Oklahoma's feeling really good about DJ Hicks. Uh, but the only other thing that's out there that's a little bit different, actually it's a lot of bit different, is NIL money. Bag men out there, you know, 
hey, here's what we got for you. Look at this. $2.5 million over three years, you know, or whatever. Not to post, supposed to be an inducement during the recruiting process, but we know that's happening. And that is the variable that is in play now, which hasn't been. Somebody asked, does DJ Hicks compare to Tommy Harris, day one starter? Uh, yeah. I, we just yeah. said, yeah, that that's what we talked about in the first segment. You're talking about a Tommy Harris. At last check, he was the number seven player in the country, the number one defensive line prospect, correct? I'm not sure if he's fallen a couple spots, but last time I looked at the national player rankings, DJ Hicks was number seven overall. I would be surprised. If DJ Hicks picks Oklahoma, I would be surprised if he doesn't show up to campus and start as a true freshman. Because when you look at Oklahoma's room right now on the interior defensive line, Jalen Redmond's out after this year. Jeffrey Johnson's out after this year. Jordan Kelly would have the option to come back. Isaiah Coe would have the option to come back. Same with Josh Ellison and Jonah Laulu. But to be quite frank, David Hicks is a physical freak of nature that none of those guys are. He's just on a different level. And so, if he were to commit to Oklahoma, I I find it very hard to believe that he would not start and or garner significant snaps as a true freshman because he is that talented. This is a plug-and-play superstar at the next level. Tommy Harris, uh, first game, North Carolina, first snap in the Tar Heels backfield, first play. Boom. I mean, first play. And uh, he was a great player, Gerald McCoy, great player. We are talking about a game-changing defensive lineman. And what position have the Sooners lacked most in this run they've had where they've had really exciting, high-octane offenses, great run of great quarterbacks from – Baker, obviously, to Kyler Murray, to Jalen Hurts, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, maybe he didn't pan out, but Caleb Williams, again, we'll see what happens at Southern Cal. I hope, uh, I hope he loses and plays well. But, um, you know, it's been all about – a lot of it's been about the offense. Most of it has been about the offense. But what is the area they've lacked the most? Interior defensive linemen, right? That's where the SEC schools the – Big-time heavyweights in the SEC dominate. I mean, in many areas, but that's the area I think where the Sooners have lacked more than any any other. Can you just imagine two, three years down the road, Mike, a defensive front that includes the likes of DJ Hicks, P.J. Adabare, Jordan Renaud, and Colton Vosick? That is terrifying. That is not just good. That is legitimately terrifying. Yeah, that that is a national championship level defensive line if they pan out. And look, some of these kids, they might be a little bit better than we think. You never know. I mean, the star system, I, I've always said I'd much rather recruit four and five stars, but a lot of three stars, and you've got to trust this staff with development because it's very similar to the Bob Stoop staff when he came in in 99 and they won a national championship in their second year. And a lot of that was they got more physical, they got more disciplined, they got more detail-oriented. They had a great leader at quarterback in Josh Heupel. And those coaches could evaluate players big time. And I think this staff is uh, is going to be able to do the same thing. 
All right, the point is the recruit really isn't committed if he's still taking phone calls and visits regardless. Okay, so the comment again, uh, Tyler put it out uh, again over the weekend, Tyler McComas, Brent's comments about being truly committed, marriage, and you're not going to go date, you know, the Johnny Gigolo comment. It went viral. It's it's a really old, I know for you guys out there who listen to us all the time, you've heard that clip four or five times by now. Nationally, though, it it went viral quickly, man. It caught fire. Jack McGuire, Barstool, Ari Wasserman put a story out in The Athletic, you know, is Oklahoma, is Brent Venables being uh, hypocritical if he is hosting kids who are committed somewhere else. Uh, Peyton Bowen is the the player who comes to mind, obviously, who's committed to Notre Dame, but visi- visiting other schools, obviously. So what do you think about, again, that story, Ari Wasserman's story, and some of the people who were saying, well, Brent, if he's going to be all about that, why are you bringing in a kid who's supposedly committed to Notre Dame? So what do I think of the the, the, argue, the argument yes. of hypocrisy mm-hmm. with this situation? I think it's a very simple principle to grasp, and anyone who's not, who doesn't grasp it is choosing not to grasp it. They are choosing to shoehorn the narrative into their lens. Brent Venables does not consider you committed if you are still taking visits, whether that is with him or with another program. Mm-hmm. If one of his commits w- wants to take other visits, again, Ashton Kozar was the one that messed around and yep. found out. That's right. And if there's a commit elsewhere that wants to take visits, guess what? Brent Venable's philosophy is, hey, come on down because you're not actually committed to that school. Okay, yes, and I agree, and that's why I told people over the weekend. Brent, it's pretty simple. Brent has said, again, if you're still uh, taking trips and visits, you're not truly committed so why in the heck is Peyton Bowen committed to Notre Dame? The the one thing, okay, answer this. Somebody says, all right, well, Peyton Bowen, according to all the recruiting websites, is committed to Notre Dame. If Oklahoma initiates a call to Peyton Bowen, does that have any hypocrisy in it? You see what I'm saying? Uh, Peyton Bowen says, hey, coach, guys, you know, I'm, I'm coming in this weekend. Or, you know... That's the only area I look at that might have a little bit of gray in it. Sure. Here's here's the way I look at it, though. What was probably the driving force behind Oklahoma getting back in the mix for Peyton Bowen? I'm going to take a shot and say that it wasn't Brent Venables and it wasn't Brandon Hall. Jackson it Arnold. It was probably Jackson yeah, Arnold. Right. No, and I agree. Like I said, I think it's pretty simple. If you are still taking calls and taking, um, anyway, the uh, the situation is where you know that a kid's still taking visits, then Brent Venable's definition of being committed is not a kid who's taking visits or talking to other schools. So, like I said, I don't have a big problem with it, and uh, that to me is a uh, a situation where, again, I think nationally – that was, uh, first of all, it was an old, old comment made a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But I do think that, um, you know, for the most part, I, I think Brent is on on the right side of this deal. You know, I Again, don't know. People, people who are claiming hypocrisy, people who are not grasping the principle are choosing not to grasp the principle. They are making a conscious decision to not grasp the principle. Yes. 
All right, when Steely ends a word with an S, his teeth whistle and I have to turn down tweeters. Well, sorry about that. Sorry about that. That's a gentleman with too much time on his hands right there. But I, I don't know. I'm, I, all I'm doing is speaking. I can't help my teeth. The construction of my teeth, I can't. Well, I can. Dr. Tim Brooks, my dentist. We're working on that. We're working on it. All right, let's break right here. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's pay tribute to our friends again at Air Comfort Solutions. We'll get to more of your text coming up, 405-651-3439. Maybe I need to move the mic over to the side a little bit more. Maybe that's it. Hurts my feelings. Somebody tell me my teeth whistle. What am I going to do the rest of the day now? Bury my head and cry when I get home. I fell into a ring of fire. The Sooners right now on fire. We'll be right back. Back with you on a Monday edition. Steelman and Thune at noon here on the Ref Radio Network. Home of Sooner fans brought to you this hour by Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems, that great company. Family owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area since 2007. Call them at 405 405- 579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. All right, uh, 3 o'clock today, Colton Vosick expected to announce his decision uh, for Oklahoma at 3 o'clock today. Austin Westlake and uh, a Longhorn legacy. His dad, Brian, played at the University of Texas, and uh, it'll be interesting. So you think the narrative coming out of Austin will be, ah, oh, well, you know, no big, no big deal there. Texas just cooled on uh, Bosick. There will be that kind of narrative narrative out there, don't you think? No doubt. I mean, any time. Like, here's the thing: when you don't get a kid, it doesn't matter which fan base you're a part of. You're trying to downplay the oh, loss. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And in some cases, like, look at it from an OU fan's perspective. Think back to the Peyton Kirkland recruitment. OU was out of that thing by choice weeks before he committed to Texas. And that was kind of understood. My colleague Brandon Drum had reported on that reality. OU and Peyton Kirkland were going their separate ways. It wasn't a loss when Peyton Kirkland committed to Texas over Oklahoma. But you think about another kid, for instance, that Oklahoma has gone head-to-head with another school for and lost. I think about Trey Wisner, for instance, who ended up at Texas after being an Oklahoma lean for a long, long, long time. You can try to downplay that decision and the reality that Trey Wisner chose Texas over Oklahoma. You can try to downplay it any way you want. The reality is that was a loss. And Oklahoma ended up better for it, I would say, because they ended up with Caleb Hicks and with Dalen Smothers. But at the time, that was a head-to-head loss, a legitimate one. That was one of the most surprising things, too, all of a sudden, because what happened, we thought that was basically an NIL deal, right? Because he was really solid on Oklahoma, and his mom was really solid on Oklahoma as well. And all of a sudden, Trey Wisner's going to Texas. Weird. So, um, yeah, I I think it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this in terms of the narrative that Texas fans are going to have. Uh, with this, I was trying to think a kid from Norman who went to Texas. I can remember one, Paul Beerman, who was a Norman High Tiger back in the day. It would have been like the mid 80s, I believe, maybe 84, 85 in that range, I think. Beerman, somebody go ahead and Google him up. I think it was B 
E-H-R-M-A-N. Norman okay. Kidd, who went to Texas. I think he ended up playing like safety at Texas. I don't know. I can't remember how much he played. Yeah. But I can't remember, um, you know, and you've had other kids from, you know, the state who've gone there. But Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson recently. wound up there, obviously. But this was a kid from Norman High School who went to Texas. I'm going to go ahead and Google him up. That's what I'm going to do here. Well, during the uh, top of the hour break. So of uh, other kids that we mentioned, Vickers has talked about what his first game, I think, at halftime, which will be later in August. Um who do you think will be the next commit to announce after Colton Vosick? I'm going to go ahead and say, and it's kind of a 50-50 shot in the dark at this point because of how long the kid has already taken uh, to make his commitment, but I'll say Jacoby Johnson. I'll say that's the next shoe to drop. And obviously, at the very latest, the next commitment comes on um, on August 26th with either Makari Vickers or Anthony Evans, but there you go. I believe I believe Jacoby Johnson announces sometime in August, early to middle August. All right, let's break right here. Thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We have another hour to go. Keep those texts rolling in, 405-651-3439 of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We shall return with hour number two next here on The Ref. On a Monday, welcome in. Good to have you with us, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, the home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. And again, we're going to be here with you until 2 o'clock. At that time, it'll be time to get locked in with Parker and Tyler McComas here on the Ref Radio Network. Our second hour presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Again, exit 72 in Paul's Valley for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV. And uh, once again, they've got the great guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a deal. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley, the Seth Wadley Auto Group. All right, Air Comfort Solutions, tax line 405-651-3439. We figured that, you know, Oklahoma was going to have a good recruiting year. What would you say your expectations were for a Sooner class uh, before this recruiting cycle began? And again, they closed very effectively last year. A lot of people were panicking, what's going to happen to the 2022 class? Well, guess what? Bob Stoop stepped in, carried the torch for a while, and then the Sooners ended up putting together a really good 2022 class. It did anything but collapse. In fact, it got a little bit stronger. What were your expectations for 2023? My expectations were that they were going to finish somewhere in the five to nine range. I think we talked about that back in January, February, because I figured, okay, Oklahoma closed with the number nine class in 2022, even after all the crap went down towards the end of the cycle with Muleshoe leaving, several high-profile decommitments occurring, and Brent Venables and his new staff having to cobble things together on very short notice. So... I figured, okay, Oklahoma will at the absolute least end up with the number nine class again because uh, they're going to be able to recruit more effectively over the course of a single year, a full year, than they did over the course of two months down the stretch. And it was an impressive job over the course of those two months, but you had to figure, okay, there's going to be a step up that's probably more likely than a step back. And if it's a lateral move, if you stay at nine one year or the next, that's fine. That's a win. Right now, it looks like Oklahoma's absolutely, without question, going to finish with a top-five class. 
and could finish with a top three class. That's not out of the question right now. Yeah, and that's, that's very that's, realistic. That's how you win national championships. Now you got to go out and perform on the field, and again, we'll see uh, what this falls team looks like. Again, they start practice officially August fourth, media day tomorrow, uh, and you've got to go out and you know get these kids to play together. And uh, I like what I'm hearing in terms of their culture and what they're thinking about. And I really think uh, these. Kids, so far from what we heard, they're totally bought in, which is a good thing because I don't think they were bought in last year. In fact, I, the, the head coach wasn't totally bought in last year, and that was the biggest issue. But uh, I, I just love the way that things have unfolded with Brent getting this job, the coaching staff he brought on. I like their philosophy, and so far this recruiting effort has been special. All right, with DJ Hicks, again, you were talking about a top ten player in the country. You know, arguably the number one defensive line prospect in America. We're talking about a Tommy Harris, Gerald McCoy kind of kid. And believed to be, after his visit this weekend at the party at the Palace, uh, very solid on Oklahoma right now. About as solid as you can get, be right now, behind the scenes. Um, That would be Oklahoma's second five-star with Jackson Arnold, the quarterback from Denton Geyer, getting his fifth star uh, a little while ago. This is what we're talking about where you build a national championship kind of class. And I know not every one of these kids is going to pan out. Some of the three stars are going to be better than a three star. A couple of the four stars may not be quite that good. But overall, I like the look of this class. And again, you've got to get particularly those difference makers. To me, the biggest issue that Oklahoma has had is having difference makers on the D-line. And there's a difference maker. And they already got Derek LeBlanc, who is a solid four-star. Jordan Renaud is a good possibility. All of a sudden, we talked about Todd Bates getting on the board with Derek LeBlanc last week. You talk about potentially hitting one out of the stadium. That's D.J. Hicks, right? Yes. I mean, that's Reggie Jackson, all-star game, Tiger Stadium kind of shot. D.J. Hicks is the guy that everybody figured Oklahoma kind of has an outside chance to pull. But my goodness, if that happened in year one for Brent Venables and staff, that would be the biggest signal, at least in terms of recruiting, that, hey, this staff is here to stay and they're not messing around. Now that that appears to be well within the realm of possibility, and not just well within the realm of possibility, but likely at this point after this weekend, man... (laughs) Anybody who's still left unsold on Brent Venables as a recruiter, I can understand those who are still unsold on him as a head coach because we haven't seen him coach a game yet. But if you're still unsold on his and his staff's ability to recruit at the highest level, go toe-to-toe with the Blue Bloods in college football and win recruiting battles, it's like what else do you need to see if they end up with David Hicks? What would be the only thing that could really stop the momentum of this class? Because it's a train is flying down the tracks right now. It doesn't look like it's going to stop. Would it be like a loss in Lincoln and a loss in the Cotton Bowl? Could that affect things? What do you think? I doubt it. Like, here's the thing. For this class to fall apart or to experience any significant surge of decommitments it's gonna have to start with somebody big probably with jackson arnold 
Jackson Arnold is 100% bought in to Oklahoma. He is their guy. And OU is his school. And as long as he is at the helm of this class, and as long as you have other outstanding peer recruiters still in the mix, and guys like Caden Green and Josh Bates and Sammy Elisigo, it's going to be real, real hard for anybody to go anywhere because peer pressure is a real thing. And that's going to work in Oklahoma's favor. If there's anybody that starts to waver in their commitment, I guarantee you, all those commits are in a group chat together, by the way. If anybody starts to waver, Lord knows, Arnold and Green, Bates, Omasigo, all these guys are going to be in that group chat, working every angle to make sure, hey, you're not going anywhere. You're locked in with us. You're going to be a part of this special class, this transformative class at the University of Oklahoma. All right. At this point on August 1st, what has been the biggest thing, whether it's a player, a trend, or anything that has surprised you the most about this class? One thing you thought, wow, I didn't expect that. Uh, what's happening today at 3 p.m.? The fact that Oklahoma's in position to land a commitment from Colton Vosick, of all people, is astonishing. If it happens, again, if it happens, all the credit in the world is due to Miguel Chavis here. Because it is impressive enough that Oklahoma got an official visit and is in the final mix for a kid like that. An Austin native who's a legacy at the University of Texas. If he commits to Oklahoma, right? It, it's one thing if a kid like that goes somewhere like Oregon, Clemson, Texas Tech, gets out of Texas's backyard in any form or fashion. But for a kid like that to commit to the University of Oklahoma, yeah, when of all places. As you said, legacy, his dad played football for the Longhorns. It is the equivalent of Ethan Downs committing to Texas. That is what that would be. Yeah. In that's Oklahoma a good comparison. Term. Yeah, no doubt. And you thought a week ago that he was headed to Oregon, right? Yes, it looked that way. There you go. All right, so that announcement uh, from Colton Vosick coming down at 3 o'clock today, and it is expected to be a very positive announcement for the University of Oklahoma. Uh, also from the 405, or I'm sorry, from Patrick, Teddy said he and Dusty were three stars out of high school. Yeah, and uh, Teddy, of course, got the offer at camp, and I would say they both turned out to be pretty good players. you got a Butkus Award winner. You've got uh, Dusty played years in the NFL. He was a monster on the D-line. And, um, yeah, turned out to be great. Like I said, that staff, that Bob Stoops staff, they were great at evaluating kids and developing kids also. And those were two of the biggest right there. So there you go. All right, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I committed $25 a month to the Norman NIL Club. I got to thinking that if 10,000 of the thousands of OU fans would commit just $10 a month, that would generate $100,000 for the players. The club is initially asking for 50000 You know what Oklahoma should do? They should, <laughs> once the season starts, they should garnish every ticket. Like, okay, you scan a ticket at the, at the gate. It's $2 for the NIL fund. 
They probably that's probably not legal. Probably I, not. I'm get yeah, no, it's definitely not legal. But if everybody if if there was an option like if somebody would stand outside the stadium as people walk in with their tickets and say, "Hey, you want to contribute $2 to the NIL fund?" Well, you get two home games a month, 80,000 people. It's $160,000. Pretty good. You're good at math, too. You are a star, well, sir. Pretty good. Pretty good. I, I know my multiplication tables. That's about it. These these collectives, though, we're getting more and more of them. The Norman NIL Club uh, last week, Dusty and uh, Gabe Eichard with Strengthening Oklahoma, which is another cool deal. Um, you can find them. You know, they're just out there. They, they came out uh, with Strengthening Oklahoma yesterday, and you can find them on Twitter at Strengthening OK. And uh, that's a heck of a deal. So uh, the Sooners, you know, they're doing what they can in terms of – and, again, Oklahoma's got money. Um, you know, I don't know. They, they don't have A&M in Texas money, but uh, the Sooners do pretty well in that department. And I like that these collectives out there, you know, they're trying to do even more for these kids. This is a very outstanding point on the text line. Okay. Man, when you live in Austin and your family also has the most intimate knowledge of the state of the program, probably has a good read – on the trajectory of the program, and your family still wants you to go to the Longhorns' biggest rival? Yeah. Yikes. That's, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, that you talk about an interesting, and I don't know if he's going to be at the table. This is going to, do you know if it's going to be streamed live anywhere, Parker? I do not, no. But, you know, imagine that, like, if it's in your high school gym, you know, Austin Westlake, and you make an announcement for OU, <laughs> like, in front of the gym. Oh boy! After Santa John says, after seeing what's happening at OU, what do you think is the possibility that e- either Gabriel Brownlow Dindy and or Lebius Overton decide to transfer to OU? Did you see the tweet from Lebius Overton this morning? I did not. He tweeted, "I wonder where all of those guys would go if not for the money." And I was just like, "I don't know. Ask your locker room." What? So he was saying that about the OU kids? No, he wasn't necessarily saying it about the OU kids. Okay. He was, he, that was just a tweet he put out. Just a general comment? Yeah, like, okay, I got you. Don't act like your school isn't the one that has bought more players for more money than anybody else across the country since NIL legislation yeah. passed last July 1st. All right, let's take a break right here. Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. Keep the text rolling in. It's going to be a big Monday for the Sooners. They did actually, this weekend news was amazing, if you know what was going on and the kids that Oklahoma feels really good about. Um, They did actually drop a spot in the national rankings they went from six to seven, but they'll pop back up to six today. They'll gain it back yes. if Colton Vosick commits to OU. And if all the kids who are basically really, really strong on OU right now were out there, they would have the number one class in the country. Just saying. All right, stay with us. We're coming right back. Three o'clock today, Oklahoma expected to get a commitment. From Colton Vosick, defensive end out of Austin, uh, Westlake. That'll be coming up at 3 o'clock today. And that will put the Sooners back at number six in the 247 uh, national team rankings. And it's only going to get better. Who's at the Beatles? It's getting better all the time. It's getting better all the time. It is getting better all the time. All right, 405 651 3439 of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. By the way, 
if you want to go to the Oklahoma-Nebraska game, you're trying to figure out, man, I don't, I'm not sure how I'm going to get there, how I'm going to do it, maybe your, your finances or whatever, you're thinking about trying to get there, but you don't have a way, Riverwind Casino. Battle of the Big Reds promotion is happening, and uh, it's from now until August 14th. And uh, all you need is your Riverwind wild card, and you need to rack up points on your Riverwind wild card. From uh, now until August 14th, you can earn one entry for every five points in your wild card, including five times entries on Mondays and Tuesdays. And then be out at Riverwind on Sundays, August 7th and 14th. They'll be having drawings every 30 minutes from noon until 430 for $400 in either cash or bonus play. And on Sunday, August 14th, the top five patrons who earned the most points during the promotion will be awarded a trip to the OU Nebraska game valued at $2,400 and $1,000 in cash. That is happening. Get on out there. Play, play, play with your wild card. And you could be going to Lincoln September 17th to see the Sooners and the Huskers, courtesy of our friends at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. Okay. Um... Anybody else that we're not talking about in this class that we've talked about DJ Hicks, McCurry Vickers, Jacoby Johnson, Colton Vosick, again, going to be committing today. Looks that way. Uh, Three o'clock, Anthony Evans, the wide receiver out of San Antonio, Jordan Renaud, Ryan Yates. We've talked about Tasulia Kana, uh, Malachi Coleman, of course, and it could be uh, – you know, the fate of Malachi Coleman, where he ends up, could be decided on that September 17th day we were talking about in Lincoln. Uh, Peyton Bowen, whether or not he will flip to Sulia Kana. Anybody else? Maybe Edric Hill? Is that another name out there? Edric Hill didn't make it to campus this weekend. What's the so deal? So that doesn't – I haven't got a straight answer on that. Now, the Sooners did have Marcus Deal in town. Yes, that's right. For I saw him as part of the picture. So, I I have nothing to support this yet, but my theory is uh and I'll continue to dig into it, but my theory is that Oklahoma has more or less conceded Edric Hill to Alabama in favor of a renewed push for Marcus Deal and Jordan Renaud. Obviously, the Sooners made a ton of headway with Renaud, and from what I'm told by multiple sources, they are right there in the thick of it all of a sudden for Deal as well. Now, this was a kid that was at odds with the Oklahoma staff for the longest time over what position he was going to play because he wanted to play defensive line. OU wanted him to play offensive line. Now, the Sooners have changed their tune and are recruiting him as a zero tech, a nose tackle, basically. He's a big, wide-framed kid, and he's just kept showing up to Oklahoma over the last year and a half, two years, just kept showing up. And so it's with that in mind that I say Oklahoma could be in sneaky good position there for Marcus Steele. If there is a guy that they add that's a true interior nose type of guy, because even when you're talking about DJ Hicks as an interior guy, he's a player that's big enough and fast enough. Same song, second verse with Derek LeBlanc. Two guys that are big enough and fast enough to play outside, play defensive end, if necessary. With Marcus Steele, there's no ambiguity there. That's just a dude that's going to line up over center and take up space. And so that's what they were recruiting Edric Hill to be. They're still in all technicality recruiting him, but 
now that we've officially hit a dead period and Hill's decision comes in September, I find it hard to believe he doesn't end up at Alabama when all is said and done. The Sooners have responded by getting right back into the mix, though, with Marcus Deal. So that is a recruitment that I would watch going forward. All right, Tasuli Akana, you felt like for a while he's been a strong lean towards Oklahoma. We've got one from the 817, uh, I'm sorry, from the 918, uh, that Texas is uh, a lot of Texas people thinking that they're in the running for Okana. There is a connection there. What do you think's going on? Yeah, sister plays volleyball at Texas. From everything I've been told, and these things can change on a dime, but from everything I have been told, Texas is a pretty much a non-factor for Cecilia Kana. OU's biggest competition is probably LSU right now. So I, I think in the end, anywhere there's a familial connection, you have to watch that school, and you have to have a healthy dose of caution when you're dealing with a program like Texas that is now certainly going to push harder for Akana now that they know that they're in all likelihood not getting Colton Vosick here in about an hour and a half. I'm hesitant to say Texas is completely out of the running for Akana, but it doesn't seem like at this point in time that's going to be the landing spot for him. It looks like OU and LSU are the top two contenders there, and even with Vosick uh, apparently poised to go OU here in about an hour and a half per my crystal ball prediction, I still believe OU is the leader in the clubhouse for Akana. Somebody else asked, if you've already discussed this, sorry, just tuned in. Can you tell me what's going on with Dylan Edwards? How about that? Oh, Decommit from K-State. You remember that scene in Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson takes a hammer to his cell phone? <laughs> That's me with Dylan Edwards. That recruitment is one that I'm just so, so fed up with, so done with. I thought it was over. I thought he was a Kansas State Wildcat. He stood there. I guess sat there at the table after announcing his decision. He sat there with his Kansas State hat on and said, I don't see myself decommitting. I'm not taking any more visits. My next chapter is at Kansas State, and that's it. Well, he got the Notre Dame offer last Wednesday. He was on campus at Notre Dame less than 24 hours later. And some 24 hours after that, he had officially decommitted from Kansas State. Look, the kid's going to end up in South Bend. I immediately, upon news of his decommitment, I flipped my crystal ball prediction to Notre Dame, which I had already been contemplating doing, but that kind of confirmed what we had already suspected. That's a very, very tender situation right now for Kansas State fans. Do not cross a Kansas State fan about Dylan Edwards as things stand right now, but it seems to me that the kid ends up at Notre Dame. A lot of people were asking, okay, does OU get involved again now that he's on the market after the decommitment from Kansas State? The answer to that question is unequivocally no. So I I would be hard-pressed to believe he ends up anywhere but Notre Dame right now because even if he wanted to go back to Kansas State at this point, I don't know if that staff would be mm, about it. Yeah, yeah it's – I saw that. That happened, uh, was that late Friday night when the decommitment happened? Yes. And uh, that that was surprising. Uh, and you said, but he got the offer from Notre Dame, visit to Notre Dame, and guess what? And you know what the crazy part about it was? Is that the night before, the night before, Wednesday, right after receiving the Notre Dame offer, he's at Kansas State. 
And then, boom! Notre Dame offer comes down. Less than 24 hours later, he's on campus in South Bend. So, and you knew at that point the flip was imminent. It, yeah, you would. it was pointing in that direction. So what you're saying with this kid is he went to South Bend, ends up leaving K-State in a purple haze. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I loved your little uh, scat rendition of <laughs> Jimi Hendrix's guitar riff there. Classic stuff. All right, we'll break right here. Let's come back. Mule Shoe. Talking a big game. Talking a big game at Pac-12 Media Days. Freaking mule shoe. What a what a what a guy. We'll uh, we'll play the sound and react to it coming up next here on the ref. Sorry. Old mule shoe was uh, on the podium at uh, Pac-12 Media Days on Friday. By the way, the preseason poll that came out: Utah first, Oregon second, and uh, Mule Shoe U was third. But Mule Shoe talks a big game. I I wonder how many weeks into the season it'll be where we're we're close. That stuff. Because that was a uh, repeated time and time and time again last year. They were close. But, again, a disappointing season a year ago. Don't win a Big 12 championship. There were preseason uh, prognosticators out there who picked Oklahoma to win a national championship last year. And the Sooners don't even get at the playoff, don't even win a Big 12 championship, and Muleshoe is gone. All right, let's hear what uh, Muleshoe had to say uh, about uh, USC and big expectations for this upcoming season. This is what he said on Friday at Pac-12 Media Day. You don't come to, to USC and you don't come to Los Angeles to do things small. Uh, you got to set your sights big. And so um, I, I don't think it's too much. I don't. I, I, I believe in what we're doing. I believe in what we're teaching. I believe in the people that we have in there. And obviously it's going to continue to evolve through years. I, I didn't I didn't come here for one season. I didn't come here to do this in a short term. And so, you know, in, in, in some respects, you keep the long game in mind. But I just the, the people we brought in here, the staff we brought in here did not we didn't come here to play for second. You know, that's the word not we are not wired that way. We, we came here competitively to win championships, to win them now, and to win them for a long time. You could trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. Wow. That reporter, wow. I, that, that's my hero right there. That's my hero. I think that was uh, Ben Stiller who was there. So Wow. So, hey, hold up. Hold up. The follow-up question. Here's the thing. You hear an answer like that. The follow-up question should be, because you hear you, you heard him say, I didn't come here for one season. The follow-up question at this point should be, Lincoln, how many seasons did you come here for? Yeah, that seems to be... Because uh, that was cut from the same cloth as the, I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU answer. How would you describe uh, him now? Now that you know what the man is all about, lies, deceit. No loyalty. Behind the scenes meetings. Smarmy? Smarmy? Is that the word I'm looking for? Isn't that like arrogant? Sm- yes, yeah, smug and um I don't know. It's just uh just hearing the voice now is like you can't believe the man. I know it's like well, and hearing his voice too, that's the first time I've heard it in probably three, four months. 
at least by choice. I just and put so, it, I basically put it together so we could play the last three seconds of the clip. Yeah, I figured as much. Pretty much. We do have a mule shoe being uh, speared by a sailfish again. We could play that one more time. It's on the list today. Do we really? Yeah, we do. It's uh, right there. Lincoln Riley speared by a sailfish. This is, again, we're not talking about any major arteries. I guess every artery is major, but we're talking about just, uh, you know, a minor injury, nothing life-threatening. But it'd be great if he went on his little fishing trip with his Gilligan, Clark Stroud, and uh, they had a little uh, fishing uh, incident where the spearfish, you know, like got him in the uh, calf muscle or something. That'd be great. Might sound like this. That's you Clark. Have too Gill- much fun with this stuff. That's Clark yelling for help. There, you could tell, little Gilligan. Maybe you could get shipwreck. Is the SS Minnow out there anywhere? Has that been retired? Probably not. I, I don't know if it was re- repairable after what happened. So, anyway, that's what Mule Shoe had to say at Pac-12 Media Day last Friday. Moving on, moving through those stages of grief, ladies and gentlemen, but caught, the car has stalled in anger, and it won't, it just, I'm trying to restart it, it won't start, stuck right there on the anger highway, and I don't think it's probably going to be totaled there. They're going to have to tow me into the next stage, which I'm not even sure which one it is. It's very therapeutic, though. Very therapeutic. Okay. Uh, what are we thinking? Three o'clock again. Colton Vosick expected to commit to Oklahoma. And um, you made the comparison to Ethan Downs in terms of. Ethan Downs, an Oklahoma kid, though, but you were talking about Colton Vosick making a decision for Oklahoma would be like an Ethan Downs from Weatherford committing to Texas a couple years ago. Correct. Correct. This is this would be virtually unprecedented. Oklahoma's gotten kids from Austin before. Have Derek, they ever gotten a kid from Austin that was a Texas legacy? I don't know. Derek Strait was an Austin kid, right? May, or most recently, it was Burnt Toast Latrell McCutcheon that they got out of Austin. Mm-hmm. The SS Coliseum is the new SS Minnow. So, there you go. All right, but yeah, Derek Strait, they've gotten some, there have been a couple other kids from Austin, I believe. But like I said, the only kid I can remember from Norman that went to Texas, and I believe it was like mid-80s, was Paul Bierman, who was, a, I think, a quarterback at Norman High School, and they uh, played him, I believe, at safety at Texas. I need to Google him up. But that's the only, the only kid from Norman that I can remember uh, who went to Texas. I may be mistaken, but I think that's accurate. Uh, Somebody said, hearing Mule Shoe's voice makes my skin itch. I get mad all over again. I'm glad he blocked me on Twitter. 
Paul Bierman, School, Texas, 87 and 88. Defensive back and had two career interceptions. There you go. Somebody said on the text line, they didn't go there to play for second. They went there to play for fourth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably true. Oregon, Utah. Who else? SC was third. Okay, I'll give, I'll give them third. Polls. They're playing for third. They're playing for third. Oregon and Utah are the clear top two teams in the Pac-12, and it will be that way. Wouldn't it be great if, like, Fresno State – Fresno they, they open with Rice, so they have Fresno State in week two. That would be nice to see Fresno State take down SC early on. That would be really cool. I'd love it, love it, love it. All right. Uh, and then the Fresno State coach, whoever it is these days, I don't even know, whoever succeeded Kalen DeBoer. <laughs> whoever the Fresno State coach is gets up on the podium post game and says – this is a landmark victory for our for our program, and we're going to turn it into the mecca of college football that would in be, Fresno. I'd love it. I would love it. All right, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439 is the number on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Keep those texts rolling in. Thank you again to our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV, and a great guarantee after the sale. Again, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel. Yeah, somebody's talking about Jeff Lighting, who was from Tulsa Union. I think he was from Missouri and, like, moved to Tulsa his last two years of high school. I do remember Jeff Lighting. He was very highly recruited. He's a kid who used to eat insects, by the way, to impress his teammates. So, anyway, but I was talking about a Norman kid. And the only one I can remember is Paul Bierman. But, yeah, good recall on Jeff Lighting. Russell Gaskamp from Weatherford went to UT. Yeah, that's true. All right, got a break right here. Come back. One more award-winning segment. Probably not next right here on The Ref. All right, back with one more segment. Sad uh, news yesterday. Bill Russell passing away at the age of 88. 11 championships in the NBA. Two NCAA titles. Never lost an elimination game. A really, really good soul. A very bright man as well who was outspoken, did a lot for civil rights. Never afraid to share his opinion. Uh, University of San Francisco, back-to-back NCAA championships. And they also played in the All-College way back in the day in the 50s when it was at the Civic Center. Bill Russell and the uh, San Francisco Dons played in the old all-college classic. So, uh, also Deshaun Watson, obviously the news out there that uh, a six-game suspension uh, set down by independent arbitrator Sue Robinson. The NFL has three days to respond and appeal. If the NFL doesn't get, uh, you know, there's a longer suspension involved, he would miss a game at Carolina. That's right, Baker and the Carolina Panthers open with Cleveland at home. A game against the Jets at home, a game against the Steelers at home, a game at Atlanta in Week 4, back home against the uh, L.A. Chargers. I was going to say, like Howard used to say. And a home game against the New England Patriots. He would be back to Sean Watson uh, in a game October 23rd at the Ravens. So, clearly, uh, you know, six games, come on. But I think a lot of this goes back to the grand jury stuff where they couldn't, you know, they didn't bring up the charges. So 
you know, you've got an independent arbitrator that is ruling on this and looking at what evidence uh, she has, uh, but that's a joke. Uh, Six games, come on. Come on. All right, and at 3 o'clock today in Austin is expected that Colton Bosick, the defensive end from Austin-Westlake, will announce his decision uh, for the University of Oklahoma. You're 99.9% sure, 95. Where are you, Parker? I would say 95. Okay. 95 is a good number. I don't think he'll be throwing the horns down, like I said, but looks like OU is where this thing is headed. Okay, if the uh, Texas coaches botched this, because he's a legacy kid, his dad again played for the Longhorns, and for him to commit to the arch rival of that school, very unprecedented. Would you think the Horns coaches are panicking last minute trying to get back in, or do you think that that situation got so bad that it's done? I Here's the thing. That kid's good enough, and you watch the tape, he is very good. That is a stud, an absolute stud. He sacked Jackson Arnold three times in the state championship game last December. So that tells you just how good the kid is. Um Texas isn't going to lose his number. I would figure they'll keep pushing. And if they start to win a few games, if they if they start the season hot in particular, they win their first four or five games leading into the Red River Showdown. Believe me, they're going to be Texas fans that start putting out posts on social media buzzing about how, hey, Colton, Colton, you see this? This is what you're missing out on. The University of Texas, you can be part of the resurgence. So that's that's not going to stop. You'll still see that kind of stuff. You'll still see fans tweeting at him on social media. But if Oklahoma is where he lands, as I expect he will at this point, I think it's a wrap. I think it's a wrap. Because how, the other part of it, too, is how welcome are you coming back to Texas if you committed to Oklahoma? For and for OU fans, it's not it's kind of water under the bridge, right? We saw this with Kobe McKenzie. Remember when he was committed to Texas for eight oh, yeah. days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nobody remembers that now. With Texas fans, I don't know if it would be the same story. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Nine one eight. I wonder if Deshaun's suspension rubbed him the wrong way. You sir, are tawdry, very tawdry. Kendall, it's ridiculous these high celebrity athletes get off scot-free. 918, I feel like USC will probably be the whipping post for the big boys in the Big Ten. I hope so. I hope so. 620, Steely, your memory is amazing. He did only play one year at Union. This was a great article when he passed away. He passed away, Jeff Lighting did, in 2014. Wow. I did not know that. But, yeah, Jeff Lighting was a one of the top, like, 25 recruits in America. Um, and, again, a lot of people thought, well, why, why would he go to Texas? And, he, like I said, he was only in the state for, like, a year and uh, committed to go play at Texas. So, there you go. All right. Uh, let's see. 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Have you guys touched on the mule shoe recruits uh, that decided to visit Jimbo yet just tuning in? What do we know? 
Well, we know one of Mule Shoe's safety commits is about to flip to Ole Miss. Yes, good. How about that? So, uh, Mule Shoe, even the blue chip defenders that Mule Shoe gets committed, he can't hold on to. I wonder if Tackett Curtis ends up flipping down the line. Regardless, that class, if you're a USC fan right now, you're getting real uneasy about the that class holding together. They're about as committed as Mule Shoe was here, right? Which <laughs> was not at all. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that keep happening. Malachi Nelson, again, uh, do you think what that was a leverage ploy by Malachi Nelson more than anything else? Yes, I do. I think it was more ga- trying to gain leverage with the USC NIL collective and boosters than anything else. But, hey, you, you can't rule anything out these days, man. In the era of NIL, you cannot 100% rule anything out. When coin is involved, where would let's say, and again, I still think Malachi Nelson's going to stick with Mule Shoe. I would be really surprised, but you're right. You, you know, in the in this day and age, money talks to a lot of these kids. If somehow that did happen, where do you think Mule Shoe would turn for his quarterback in that class? I frankly have no idea. I have no idea. I don't think Muleshoe has any idea. Danny Marlboro or whatever. Did you see that? <laughs> the fake tweet. Oh, my gosh. Some of the people who retweeted that. Like, really? You believe in Danny Marlboro? Check a list. Like, come to you, man. You can smoke them. We got them here if you want them. You know, it's like. But there were some people who believed Danny Marlboro was real. I had a couple people send the tweet to me and were like, I didn't know OU was in this kid's top ten. You sure he's? You sure they end up with Michael Hawkins in twenty twenty four, not this kid? Like, are we serious right now? I mean, now? when the last name is Marlboro, you would probably if doesn't the BS don't the BS sensors go off right off the bat? I tell you what, you'd think so, but apparently not. I tell you, there was at least one media member who retweeted it. I think I know exactly who you're talking about, too. I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, that, that's like the social media version of Zachariah Leviticus. <laughs> Zachariah Leviticus. From back in the day, the Amish running back. Yeah, exactly. Now Twitter's Twitter's kind of stolen your brand with that whole thing. Danny Marlboro, yeah. I'd... Yeah, well, it's not the first time we've seen something like that. Heck, rivals ranked a fake recruit a couple of years right. back. That's right. That's exactly right. I forgot about that. You're on the money. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you got locked in coming up next with Parker and Tyler McComas. A ton of recruiting news. Colton Vosick decision coming down. It looks like at 3 o'clock today for OU. That's going to be fun. Have a great Monday.